powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Okay, everybody, let's let's just do an exercise together real quick first, okay? Before we even get started in any of this chaos that we just watched, and 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 I'm sure you can hear my heart rate right now because I can feel it. It's it, it's probably not healthy, but I can feel it. But I need to do this. Everybody with me? Okay, ready? Deep breath in, hold it, and out we go. Let's go, baby. What a game that was. Welcome to Game Over Calgary on SDPN Sports. My name is Audie James. Peter Klein, not with us tonight. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, so we hope for a speedy recovery there for him. Uh, definitely want to see him back here with us as well, but my goodness, my goodness, what a game. And you know it was a good game. Oh, Jesus, I smoke my mic when, when, when Audie takes notes. I, I took notes for this one because I knew it was going to be a good one. Um, but yes, before we get any further, uh, I want to tell you a little bit. We were watching some playoff action today. Uh, get all of your NHL playoff action at Sports Interaction. Before the game starts, live in play or how your favorite player will perform, Canada plays at SIA. Doing it right since 1997 with the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head over to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Okay, and when you talk about playing responsibly, what a game from some Calgary Flames. Uh, a lot of our Calgary Flames tonight, actually, when we talk about responsibility and... Uh, offensive, well, like, I, I took notes. I, as Robert says in the chat, I took notes. We're going to get into everything, though. Um, one of the things I wanted to start with for this, because I, I was mustering over it before the game, before the stream, all this stuff, I was I was really stewing, and I was sat down. I had my notebook in front of me, and, and this, is gonna, this notebook's going to come back to uh, be a recurring theme here tonight. But I, I took my notebook, I grabbed a pen, and I said, what are we going to talk about tonight without Peter? I hope to God we could talk about a Flames win. So there's, my, there's point number one. Point number two, why don't we start it out with a Flames pregame wish list? What do we want to see from this game? And that's what I started with. Those were my, those were my first notes of, the, uh, of, of my note-taking that I apparently am all of a sudden an expert in now. Um, and these are the things that I wanted to see before the game started. And we can kind of go through them together here as a group and see uh, how, uh, you know, expectations versus reality, right? So one of the things I wanted to see was setting the tone early. Now, that's not something really that I think I saw tonight. The Calgary Flames did, you know, did a good job. I'm not saying that it was a fantastic first period from either team's perspective, um, but definitely, you know, not necessarily the start I wanted the Flames to have or I thought they were going to have coming back home after a huge, uh, like a big victory, probably one of their best games, if not their best game of the playoffs uh, thus far, was their game four victory in Dallas to tie the series up. Uh, I was expecting just high intensity, full octane, pedal to the metal. Um, I, that's not meaning like, I, don't, I wasn't expecting like big hits from guys that we don't expect them from and stuff like that. But I just expected the pace to be maybe a little bit uh, more intense than it ended up being. 
that's okay. I digress. We, we move on. Life goes on. We don't get that high tone energy. The second thing I put down, and this is going to sound like I'm, I'm poo-pooing over the Calgary Flames right now after a huge victory, which I'm not. I'm just going over what I expected in this game. Um, the second thing that I wanted to see was peppering Jake Ottinger with shots early. And I can't remember which analyst on the panel actually discussed this or brought this up first, but uh, getting shots on and 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 rebounds and, and forcing chances. Um, the Flames, I think if I have, yeah, they, the shots at the end of the first period were tied 7-7. So they didn't exactly uh, thrive in that category or they definitely didn't shatter my expectations, which was to, um, you know, pepper him with shots early on, just, just force a lot of traffic, force him to make a mistake, you know, you put pucks on, it's such a cliche too, you put pucks on net and good things happen. How many times do you hear that? Um, yeah, so I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into anything, but I wanted, which leads to uh, one of my next points, which I wanted him to be tested early. I wanted the Flames to test Ottinger early, which they didn't quite do, um, but it is what it is. Again, I'm not here to uh, to poo-poo over the team. Um, High-pressure offensive zone to back into when we get into the third period recap. Like, let's talk about the end or some shifts in that second period and that pretty much entire third period that was dominated by the Calgary Flames. So I'll give them a passing grade in that and in the sense that their high-pressure ozone time, they, they, they're, I want to take you back to that game that unfortunately we didn't get to cover on on our post-game show for the simple fact that uh, technology hates us over here at the uh, Game Over Calgary uh, portion of of this show but um yeah they they had a one shift in that last game where i believe john klingberg and company were out for something like three to five somewhere between three to five minutes and i might be exaggerating so chat can someone please uh if you're following this live let me know and, and i'll be sure to read it along but um they got a lot of, it was like a five minute shift or something like that. So uh, either way, I wanted them to kind of carry that through and, and make them, force them to take an icing call and get an offensive zone start out of a, a tremendous shift in the offensive end. So um, I'll give them a passing grade either way, because that second, this the half, like there were some good shifts in that second period. And that entire third period was pretty much dominated by the Calgary Flames. So I'll give them a pass there. I'm not, tr again, not trying to poo-poo over the team after such a huge win. My last thing that I wanted to see was the fans to be loud and the energy to be at an all-time high inside the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, in the Sea of Red, all that fun stuff. And we saw that early on. They, had to, they, they didn't even get to George Canyon singing the anthem until after the, the fans decided to stop singing or chanting their Go Flames, Go chants. So the fans were engaged early. They were chanting and screaming, and I feel I, I truly feel like the players feed off of that. Guys like Matthew Kachuk, they they thrive on that stuff. Milan Lucic, whenever he touches the puck and the whole stadium goes Lou and, and does their thing, I think that uh, they they thrive off of that. And you know, Matthew Kachuk maybe didn't have his best game in uh, in the playoffs as a member of the Calgary Flames tonight, but those guys definitely feed off the energy. Matthew Kachuk has said it before, so. Um, Definitely, uh, definitely was impressed with the crowd tonight. They they had a lot to cheer about, especially in that third period. And shout out to everybody that was watching in the red lot. That looked 
unreal. Unfortunately, due to the fact that I have to host a, a show after every game, I probably won't be able to get out to the red lot, but I hope that everybody there had a great time and uh, lots of cheering for me. Okay, before we get into our next uh, talking point here, I kind of want to just get into some of these... Um, some of the comments. Okay. So Robert, get your notebooks. It's learning time. Absolutely. <laughs> lots of notes taken here. Uh, it may sound so silly, but lots of shot shots do not equal goals. You aren't going to score if you only get 15, 20 shots. That third period they were shooting and we won. That coming from Dan. And that's that's a really good point. I don't mean to say that. And, and my original point about talking about uh, peppering with him with shots I didn't mean for that to come across as me saying they need to pepper on the shots because one of them is bound to go in. Like I understand the fact that you know if you if you get twenty shots and all of them are right in the belly pad and he gobbles them up, there's not much you're going to be able to do about that. What I meant by peppering him with shots early was I wanted to see him tested early. I wanted to see what the Flames you know put put pucks on, and I'm not saying they're going to score every single one of those shots. But um, at least test him. I wanted him to be tested early. I didn't want him to be comfortable in the crease. I wanted him to feel like, holy smokes, I got to get back into position because they're just going to keep firing these pucks at me. I, wa- I wanted that to come from more of a, a, a battle-tested uh, perspective, not necessarily uh, in the sense that, you know, all those shots are going to go in because they're not. They're not going to go in. We know that. Um, Let's see here. I live in Ohio. It's 1230, and that third period has me wired. No way I can go to bed now. I'll tell you one thing. I'm exhausted. I worked a full day today and I am very, very tired. But that third period fired me right up. I was like, do I make a coffee before the show? And I'm like, no, just inject that third period into my veins, baby. That's what it's all about. Great to see Manjapani get that goal. I thought that uh, I thought he was going to score before the game started. Perfect shot should help his mindset going forward. He was due. He's had a lot of really good chances, and he was due. Andrew Mangiapane with, uh, with obviously, the um, the uh, game-winning goal. Excuse me, as I mumble over my words and stutter over my words. Uh, yeah, Andrew Mangiapane with the game-winning goal, which was a great play in the neutral zone by Backlund to get that puck up to him anyway. Backlund, who probably was one of the best flames on the ice tonight. Um Great play by him to get that puck up the middle. And then Manjapani trusting his shot. That's what I saw in that play. The fact that he stri- he was streaking down there. Kind of saw that he had a little bit of space between the nearest uh, defender. And I think he had the uh, the advantage, the shot advantage in terms of him being a lefty. I think he had that advantage. Um, so, so whoever, I can't remember who was defending him, couldn't get that stick in the lane, which is something Dallas has done tremendously all series was getting themselves, getting the body in the lane, getting a stick in the lane, getting a skate in the lane, whatever the case may be, they're really good at just stopping the flames at getting passes and getting shots through whatever. That's not the point. But Manjapani, I think trusted his shot a little bit more there. And um, it was really evident. He, he put on an absolute, I, I was going to, I'm going to call it a piss missile uh, into that top corner. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I guess we'll find out into that top corner and um yeah it was it was one of the best shots i think i've seen in quite some time and and for a guy like him who scored as much as he did in the regular season to finally see you know that game kind of translate and move into the uh into the playoffs as well is uh certainly a good sign so we'll take a couple more comments here um 
And I, and then we'll we'll move on to my next point. Conrad Soriati can't hear you over Ring of Fire right now. Yeah, play that. Everybody in Calgary needs to have uh, some Johnny Cash on repeat right now. Uh, blast that Ring of Fire across the city. I better hear it from out here in uh, just outside of Calgary as well. Um, Lewis deserved that goal. Absolute workhorse. Very good point about that Lewis goal. The greedy side of me wanted the Gaudreau goal because that was the last thing I needed to hit in my three-game parlay tonight. Sports interaction, you're welcome for the donation. But um, yeah, had Gaudreau scored, I would have won a little bit of money. Not a big deal. But um, yeah, Trevor Lewis getting back on his horse there and uh, and picking up that puck and 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 you know uh, obviously sealing the deal there late late in that third period was uh, was tremendous. So we'll continue along here. Some great conversation down in the chat. Uh, be sure that if you are listening to uh, if you're listening to this live, that is, be sure to put your comments in there. We'll get to them as best as we can. Lots of uh, we want to uh, get that engagement and interaction up as well. Okay, I want to take a look uh, period by period because I feel like this was a very interesting game as it progressed. It was. Not the most exciting or entertaining game to start. And the way it finished was probably the best third period or the best period that I've seen the Calgary Flames play in uh, in this um, in this entire playoff. So let's uh, let's take a look there and we can uh, we can kind of dissect it as we go. Okay, so the first period, as I mentioned, we're gonna go back to the old notebook because Audi was taking notes during this game and it was uh, it was a quite the game to take notes from. Okay, first period. I have no one really took control of the game, which is something that I wanted to reference back to that wish list that I had because, you know, nobody really took control. It was just kind of a whatever period. Nobody really, uh, it wasn't super dominant or there wasn't anybody who really stood out or they didn't spend a whole lot of time. No, both teams never really spent a whole lot of times playing, uh, time playing offense in that first period. It was just kind of whatever. Uh, one other thing I have, Markey and Ottinger, were definitely not tested. There was not a whole lot of high danger chances, as I mentioned, which is my last point in this uh, section. Shots were tied 7-7 through the first period. So we know that there weren't, like, it was a defensive battle. Uh, that's where I really noticed Dallas was getting their stick in the lane and and getting bodies in the lane and putting their bodies on the line with, with shots from the point. Um they just have done a really good job up until this point of eliminating. The Flames do a really good job at moving the puck in the offensive zone, but the Dallas Stars do an even better job of making sure that they've got a body or a stick in the lane uh, that the Flames are you know, going to take there, and, and they eliminate those chances early, and then it's really not even a threat. So i got to give credit where credit's due. The Dallas Stars have done a tremendous job at, uh, at, defensive, uh, at defending the Calgary Flames up until this point. Uh, decently physical first period. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of big hits, and I think the most uh, the the person who took the most of that was none other than Andrew Mangiapane, who will end up scoring the game winning goal. But my God, did he ever take a beating there in that first period? A couple hits, almost identical hits. I think they were like only four or five minutes apart in the time clock uh, behind the net. Looked a little dangerous. I thought his his head was going to be scrambled eggs there. He goes back to the bench, gets a little tune-up, comes back out, and what do you know, the same thing happens again. And on the call, they said, you know, he goes down the tunnel, he's going to get checked out, and that kind of scares you a little bit because we know what Mangiapane can be. 
But sure enough, he comes back out and he's the Andrew Mangiapane who ends up scoring the game-winning goal in this hockey game. So hopefully not too much to fret about there on the Andrew Mangiapane front, but I did want to make note of the fact that he did absolutely take a beating out there tonight. And uh, they, the Dallas Stars just definitely wanted to to throw the body around him. Whenever they saw Andrew Mangiapane with the puck, they made him pay for it. Um, last point, as I mentioned, shots tied 7-7. It was a pretty low event first period. I don't know. I was watching. I had my buddy over. We were watching the game, and we both kind of just looked at each other like, you know, as Peter and I would say, we've said it before on the show, it's just kind of what it was. You know, it was just kind of a whatever period. It wasn't anything to write home about. But, you know, that's where this game gets interesting. As it goes along, it gets more and more. Uh, <laughs> if you could see my notes, the uh, the notes for each period, they progress and they get longer and longer and longer. Uh, but before we do that, just a couple quick um couple quick um let's see it here from the chat uh mitch's be craig coleman was a workhorse 88 11 20 forever yes 88 11 and 20 forever or i also really liked uh 88 11 and 29 and that's something that daryl sutter did a lot of tonight and it wasn't the jeff ward way of putting the lines in a blender and spitting them back out i think it was more from a matchup perspective and i think it was a brilliant coaching move from daryl um the dallas stars have seen a lot of the same lines through this series so far and not to say that Daryl threw these lines in a blender but he definitely put some guys on lines that you know you wouldn't expect to see like I think we saw uh, a line of Backlund Lewis and Gaudreau uh, at one point which was was kind of interesting to see but it's a matchups game they've never seen that those three before we don't know if they've taken line rushes before but the Dallas Stars couldn't defend it and uh, I thought that was a really good point uh, and and Mitch with a good point there as well. Um, Audie, do you think Jamie Ben gets another fine elbow to the back of Lewis's head on that uh, zero shot PK in the third? <laughs> I think that th it should be a little bit beyond that at this point. <laughs> if they are gonna give him a fine, if it's th it's, I think that would be the th yeah, like you said, third fine in the uh, in the same series. So I would think that that would lead to a suspension. But I'd have to rewatch the play because I don't exactly remember off the top of my head. Okay, anyone think LA is taking the game tomorrow? We'll talk about that another time. I want to talk about this Flames one right now. The, the Oilers and the Kings can can leave it all at the door at this point. We're talking uh, Flames right now. Um, 88, 11, and 20 should be called the collect line because their numbers together sound like those, uh, those old saving on long-distance commercials from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mid-90s baby, so I can't relate too much there. Uh, I have a Calgary-Toronto uh, for the Cup. Would love to see an all-Canadian final. Hard to root against my Blues. J-Rock, I've got the same final, buddy. Uh, so you and I are going to ride that together. Nate says, in your opinion, have the Flames solved Ottinger or have they just beaten down the rest of the Dallas lineup? So that's a good point. And it's an interesting one because I think that uh, that Manjapani shot was kind of the first step of solving Ottinger. I think that that's the first time that the Flames have had a chance where they're like, holy smokes, we, you know, we've, aside from game four where they beat him a bunch, but outside of that, the first time that they truly beat him and beat him to a side, I think Manjapani knew exactly what he was doing with that shot and with that play. So I don't think that they're, they have necessarily solved him, solved him, but I think they're getting there. I think they're on the right track. Um, it's tough to say, though, because Ottinger has been probably the best, if not one of the best players in this whole uh, in this whole series. Okay. Uh, 
I'll let uh, the rest of the chat kind of catch up here, and we will quickly move along here to the to the rest of my notes. Handy dandy notebook. If you guys are if you're a '90s baby and you watch Blues Clues, you know all about that reference there. I digress. Uh, second period. I said showed signs of dominance. There were a couple long ozone shifts, and that's kind of where I think the Flames started to find their offensive game, and things kind of started to shift a little bit for them. It was. Uh, it was kind of midway, not a little bit midway. I think it was mostly midway, like about at the midway mark is what I'm trying to say. Once again, as I stumble over my words, as I do, um, that they kind of, they, they had a couple shifts there uh, consecutively because I believe there was an icing call on the play where they set up shop and they had a couple minutes or something like that in the offensive zone. And, and the broadcast did a really good job of showing uh, the Dallas Stars that were on the ice and how long they'd been on the ice for. And at that point, it was like going on a minute 45 by the time they iced that puck. And then, uh, you know, the, the Flames get a fresh set of legs out. They set up shop and they go back to work. But obviously, Dallas able to eventually evade that. So they definitely showed some dominance in uh, in the second period. And that's kind of where things started to go up and trend upwards here for the Calgary Flames in this game, at least from my perspective. Fluky one nothing goal. That first goal, I'm sure they want back, the Flames as a whole, because it was a very fluky shot that I thought initially on the broadcast, I it, it looked like Jacob Markstrom actually got that with his glove until you look behind and the puck looked like it was going to trickle in and then it eventually does as it goes in off the back of Noah Hannafin. Fluky one nothing goal, you want it back, but it's playoff hockey and that's kind of just what it is it it's it, Jason Robertson should get not a whole lot of of uh of credit for that goal when it goes you know it was initially kind of blocked and then went in off the back of Hannafin but whatever um this is where things also kind of looked a little bit down for the Calgary Flames I found that they were they they weren't doing a really good job or the Dallas Stars were doing a really good job of uh, again, blocking those uh, shooting lanes on those passing lanes because it seemed like there were just too many forced passes. And that's something that wasn't really a detriment as the Dallas Stars only ended up scoring one goal in this hockey game. So it didn't really come back to, you know, bite the flames in the rear end or haunt them too much per se. But it definitely was, uh, it was noteworthy because it was, it was a, it was a lot. There We saw it often where, you know, Matthew Kachuk behind the net. They're trying to set up the play that they do usually. They would usually do in the in the regular season, where they got one guy down low and and Lindholm waiting on the doorstep, kind of thing, a tic tac toe goal. But Dallas has done a really good. Dallas knows this. They've seen this before. They've probably seen the tape too, and they know that this is how they set up. So their defense is going to adjust accordingly. So too many forced passes, and then at the end of this period, once again, eighteen uh, eighteen, we're tied there. So seven shots apiece in the first period and 11 shots there in the second period each. Um, okay, let me read some of these comments. I'm just chuckling because I read one from uh, from Robert. Adi, what is wrong with Tyler Toffoli? Please fix my boy. Look, he is so due, it's not even funny, and it's not for a lack of so many good chances. I think he had the... He's If he can... like, I'm so at a loss for words for it as I, as I try to explain this because Tyler Toffoli is playing some pretty good hockey he's finding like he's getting so many good chances he's finding the you know the open spot to put himself and getting shots off and and getting you know high quality chances but then it's like a fluky shot or it's 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 he fans on it or he just gets stoned or he hits the post so 
I don't know what's wrong. I think I, I deep down in my heart of hearts, I think he's playing a little bit hurt. Uh, he just he doesn't look entirely the same as we've seen him in the regular season as a Calgary Flame. And yeah, I don't know. I I, I just deep down, I think he's playing through something. Um, but I hope uh, I definitely hope not. Okay, Nate, we just got a letter in the Flames. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's the reference to Blue's Clues for all my 90s uh, my nineties baby. Toffoli, to me, looks like he's just barely a step or two out of sync with a play. I think he shakes it and has a breakout next series. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We still got one more win, but I do love the optimism, and I do, uh, I do think that's a high probability as well, high likelihood. Um, second game where the Flames score three in the third period. This one coming from Charlotte. What's not clicking for them in the first two periods? I don't think it's so much as they're not clicking as Dallas is just... This is the thing about this series. These two teams play such a similar game that it's just it just seems like it's so easy for the either side to defend. Because I think, honestly, Charlotte, the same thing could be said for Calgary or, uh, you know, vice versa, the other way around with, with Dallas... Uh, kind of being what you know what's not clicking for them. Well, I don't think that things aren't necessarily clicking because I don't think they're playing terrible hockey. I just think that the other team, the team on the other side, is uh, you know they know the game plan. That's their style of game. They know how to defend it. They know how to play it. So that's just that's just my two cents uh, on that there. Um, I don't understand why Yarn Croak's production has dried up since he went to the Flames either. New system, I don't know, there's a lot of things that can go into that coming over and, you know, not being, you know, it's a new team. Uh, not trying to make excuses for the guy. I think he's done some good things outside of uh, putting up huge numbers, which I don't think he was really brought in here to do anyways. I think he's playing a better, uh, you know, third and fourth, like bottom six role there. So um, he's not going to be lighting up the score sheet night in, night in and night out, which is to be expected at this point. But I don't think he's... Uh, I think he's been productive in other areas in offense, and if that makes sense. Uh, win the cup, win the cup, win the cup, lift it up, let's go. Um, yeah, Robert, I, I wouldn't be surprised either if he was a little hurt. Montreal sucked all the puck luck out of Toffoli last playoffs. I hope not. Um, <laughs> uh, the Calgary Flames have won both games they've played on the same day as the Stockton Heat. I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. Let the uh, chat catch up here. And let's move on to the final final frame here, which was, by and large, far and away, whatever you want to, whatever, you know, verbiage you want to affiliate with this third period, probably at least from my dollar, the best third period or the best period period that I've seen in uh, in this playoff so far for the Calgary Flames. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I said I put down in all capitals as my first note, keep shooting the puck because they they, they came out early and, and hard and they were shooting the puck and they were getting shots on. And that's where I was like, perfect. This is what I wanted to see from the beginning of this game. They're going to be getting um, all of, you know, they're, they're going to start to... Uh, uh, set the tone, I guess, for this period, and they're going to start actually uh, challenging Jake Ottinger. So uh, I loved that they got on it early, and they uh, they they were able to to pepper him with some shots. I said also crash the net because there's been lots of rebounds in that third period alone. I wish I had the numbers in front of me. Someone in chat, if you're smarter than I am, can you bring them up in the third period? How many rebounds were allowed? Because uh, for Jake Ottinger, that is, I don't even know if anybody can if anybody can find that if it's even tracked. I'm sure some stat site somewhere has it, but 
the amount of times Jake Ottinger made the initial save and wasn't able to corral his rebound, there had to be you had to have somebody crashing the net because those rebounds are right on the stick of guys like Matthew Kachuk, Milan Lucic, the big boys who crash the net just like that offensively, and you know all of a sudden you can start generating some more chances. Maybe you catch him out of position, but I also think that the fact that he was allowing so many rebounds goes back to my first point of how many shots they were getting off and um, and and how he was being tested and maybe he got a little shaky. So um, after that, we get the Backland goal, which was perfect execution, a little bit of a miscommunication there for the for the Stars D, which you got to find those open areas like Backland did. He, he noticed that they were a little bit caught up, gets to the open area, puts himself right on the doorstep and taps that goal in for a 1-1 tie game. And then I put down what a flop, LOL, by Jake Ottinger because there was a certain point in that period where he, <laughs> I think he took a little tap in front of the net and he kind of flopped and dove like he just got shot. Um, is what it is. Uh, and then what a shot by Andrew Mangiapane. We talked about this a little bit earlier and this is where we'll park a bit of time for the bread man himself because I think that th- that goal was just a monkey off the back for him now. I think he's... Um, I think for the next game, we're going to see an Andrew Mangiapane in this playoff series where, um, you know, I think he kind of comes out a little bit more and, and you know, he's got that goal. He's maybe solving Jake Ottinger a little bit here. We'll find out, I guess, in due time on Friday when they face off for game six in Dallas. But I think he's we're getting to that point where we're starting to maybe figure him out. And uh, I definitely like the way that uh, Andrew Mangiapane is trending in that category and in that direction as well. Then we get the uh, Trevor Lewis empty net goal, which we talked about just how relentless he was on that play. Uh, the greedy side of me, you're welcome again for the donation sports interaction, wanted it to be Johnny Gaudreau, so I'd hit my parlay. Did not happen. I lose some money. It is what it is. But... Um, Trevor Lewis being able to get back, he got, I think he got taken down in the neutral zone too. He was the one who played that puck ahead for Goudreau, who missed the net, and then he's the one who crashes in and grabs that rebound and fires it in to seal the deal. So all in all, one of the best periods of hockey I've seen from this Calgary Flames group in quite some time. And, you know, I don't think it's too far-fetched to say it was their best period of the playoffs, as I've brought up uh, a couple times so far in this post-game show. So... Flames win at 3-1, 32 32-21 the shots favoring the Calgary Flames. Let's go back to the chat real quick here. Uh, Stanley Cup and Calder Cup would be awesome. It would be, and it's really not out of the cards, especially for uh, for Stockton, who had themselves a hell of a season. Uh, shout out to my boy, Matty Phillips. Um, Michael Stone, talk about our Lord and Savior, Michael Stone. Okay, this guy... And, and I'm so glad that Mitch brought it up because I actually wanted to park a bit of time for Michael Stone. He's been playing phenomenal since they put him into the lineup and he's going to earn himself another deal. I'm, I'm convinced the Calgary Flames are just going to keep signing this guy to one-year deal after one-year deal after one-year deal. And it's funny, the old joke on Flames Twitter is, all right, it's the offseason. What day is the Michael Stone uh, signing going to be announced, right? It's a, it's a tale as old as time. Um, he's been playing fantastic. I've been really 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 impressed with the way that uh I, I love how he shoots the puck too my god that guy's got a cannon he hits the net and he's not afraid to shoot I think last game in the span of five minutes he had something like eight shots so he's shooting the puck he's trusting his shot he's getting it to the net which is important now I just think the flames need a little bit more traffic in front of the net 
get some uh, get some screens in front of Ottinger, and maybe just maybe Michael Stone can start converting. But he's been fantastic, man. Holy smokes. Um, thoughts on Dubé hitting Otter outside of the paint? I think it was a clean play. Was that the one, J Rock? I'll come back to you if you can if you can correct me. Is that the play that I was talking about earlier where? He bumped him, and then he, Ottinger flopped. Because if that's the case, then I got a lot of words for Ottinger for that one. Um, okay, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. Thoughts on Klickberg losing is cool and slamming the bench door. Yeah, um, love to see it. Couldn't happen to a better guy, right? <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, I think that's just about it in terms of uh, in terms of comments. We'll let them catch up a little bit here as we close in. In the uh, in the final little segment here of this show, but just my all in all notes and how I felt about this game because I feel like you know I went through all my whole list and this is not documented. This is something I put the pen down, I put the book aside, I look back and I say, okay, this is the game I just watched. How do I feel? Am I comfortable going into Game Six at you know in Dallas? We know that building's loud. Uh, we talk about it with Peter, how much he hates the clap, clap, Dallas, clap, clap, stars. Um, and I hate it too. I think it's obnoxious as hell, but that's just me. Um, but how comfortable do I feel after a game that was progressively better? And the answer, the simple answer to that is I do feel pretty comfortable. I do feel pretty good going into a game six. I hope the rest of the Flames uh, fan base feels the same way because Holy smokes, guys! This was probably one of the you know the third period performance that we saw. If we can get sixty minutes out of that in Game Six, I like the odds. I like the odds. You guys know I I like to throw some some money down and gamble. I like the odds on that a lot. If the Flames can play a full sixty, the way that they played that third period, the way that they controlled the offensive zone pressure, the way they challenged Ottinger and, and made it hard for him by throwing pucks on net and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm very confident. I'm I'm feeling very good. Uh 3-2 is 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 good. I know there's going to be a lot of naysayers on social media. There's going to be a lot of people that, you know, won't believe it till you see it, which to those people I say, I don't blame you. That's fine. This team has has done this to us before as fans. We know to ex- how to expect uh, we we know what to expect of the Calgary Flames in the postseason. So Let's just hope that those uh, expectations can be uh, they can they can prove us wrong is what I'm trying to say here, and that they go uh, they go into Game Six they get a dub in Dallas and then that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, we you know the demons have been I don't even know how that saying goes, but they're they're moving on is what I'm trying to say, and that's something that the Calgary Flames have struggled to do was get out of the first round. Okay, one last look down here at the chat. We'll go through some comments, and then we will wrap it up here uh, for game over Calgary. Okay, let's see here. Yes, bumped him outside the paint, and he delayed flop. Yeah, that was that was bad. I don't think... I've got a lot of uh, opinions on goalies coming out of the paint. Not the time, not the place, but... Um, I don't think it was clean. I don't think it was dirty. I just think it was what it was. But I do think the flop was hilarious. That thing was great. Um, most things in Dallas are obnoxious. They do say everything's bigger in Texas. Please remind the Leaf fans that 3-2 is good. Okay, Leaf fans, if you're watching, Robert, Steve, Jesse, Adam, you guys are all not watching. But if you're watching, 3-2 is good. 3-2 is good. I'm going to hate to see Steve's heart rate for the next – the Leafs, Leafs play tomorrow. I'm going to hate to see Steve's heart rate for the Leafs game tomorrow. Um, 
maybe he just needs to follow the breathe in, breathe out that I did, but I think he's a little bit too far gone for that. Steve, it's going to be okay, brother. We're going to be good. I've got the I've got the Leafs going to the Cup final. If that's any consolation to you, um, <laughs> I'm not necessarily confident the Flames playing this good in Dallas. But if it came to Game Seven, then for sure back in Calgary. Yes, and uh, yes, demons being exercised is what I was going for. Um, what do I think of Kachuk moving lines? Okay. This is the last thing I'll talk about because Matthew Kachuk, I don't think, had a great hockey game today. And I think, you know, he'll probably be the first to admit it. And I'm sure a lot of Flames fans will probably uh, agree there too. Um, but yeah, I think that that was more so a product of the fact that I don't think he was having a good game and Sutter was just kind of trying to find a spot for him where where it could work. I hope he comes back next game and and exercises those demons because he didn't play very well and I think he's still got a lot left in the tank here in this playoff stretch so um Audie killing it smoothest go uh, game over Calgary yeah great work thank you Mitch uh great night awesome episode uh of AEW Dynamite and a great Flames game it's Wednesday night you know what that means um y'all flames questions me shenanigans i wouldn't have it any other way robert that's why i love it when you're in the chat and you moderate it so perfectly be everybody go say thank you to robert uh just killing it there as a moderator in the chat and you know what while we're on the topic of thanks i want to thank you because you stuck it out with me this is my first solo show it was uh i was nervous i was excited i hope pk's okay because i miss him peter come back i miss you and um i hope you guys had a good time i hope you guys enjoyed this flames win because my goodness did i ever have a fun time watching this hockey game and being able to report on this hockey game after the fact so um be sure to like subscribe uh all that good stuff that you're supposed to do if you're listening on a podcast be sure to follow the podcast give it a great rating because we appreciate that stuff and uh we hope you enjoy it um be sure to follow at SDPN Sports for everything that's game over related, including Calgary, Toronto, uh, Montreal with Andrew, and uh, and you know maybe some more eventually down the road. We'll see. Um, and be sure to follow me on Twitter at Audie James. That's A U D D I E James for uh, a lot of flame stuff. And I like to take a lot of L's over there. So if you enjoy watching people suffer and take L's, that's the place to be at Audie James. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and watching this. Go Flames, go. Let's get ready for Game 6. We'll see you guys on Friday for the next edition of Game Over Calgary on SDPN Sports.